Business Bros is your show, where small business professionals just like you come to tell their stories. This podcast is for those who understand the number one rule in business, which is to be of service to others. Learn how today's professionals generate leads, what's working on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of those who are out there doing the real work. And now let's welcome your hosts, Hernan Cias, the real estate bro with eXp Realty, the cloud-based brokerage where top producers reign, and James Cias, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, making sure you are covered because there's a lot riding out there. And now here are the business bros. Welcome to another episode of Business Bros! <laughs> what up, ladies and gentlemen? Hernan Cias here, host of the Business Bros Podcast, along with my co-host, the insurance bro, James Cias. And as always, we have another fun-filled, ready-to-go, rock-and-roll episode for you. Happy Take Action Tuesday, y'all. Today, we are excited to bring you a guest who is all about taking action, a remarkable young lady who has accomplished some incredible feats in a very short amount of time. This guest is a business counsel and estate planning attorney, but more than that, she's created a remarkable remarkable brand. Her marketing strategy has got her gaining notoriety and so far has landed her on Telemundo, featured in SD Voyager, and now a guest on the Business Bros Pod. You've heard of the lady in red. All right, uh, leave the karaoke to you, right? (laughs) Well, today we welcome to the show your attorney in heels from Oropesa Law, Viviana Oropesa. Woo! You're right, I need the uh, applause track. You need the applause track, I need right? the applause track. Shut All right, well, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I told you he's got a lot of energy when the mic goes on, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally changed, Lights right? up. Like, what? Especially because he's quietly typing away while we're waiting for him to start, and then, boom, mic goes on, and there oh, he goes. All right, ladies and gents, before we get talking to Viviana, the attorney in heels, I want to remind you guys, we are an insurance agency. Pipeline Insurance is the name of our agency, 619-884-0045 or jamesatcsfirst.com for all your insurance needs. Remember, we're doing the try before you buy it. We want you to send us the referral. We'll earn the business for you. We'll cross-sell it. We'll grow that business for you. And every month, I'm going to send you a statement showing you what your commission could have been if you get a license. So go to micrust.org, use the promo code business.bros, get your PNC license as soon as possible so we can send you those checks. If you do it by December 31st, I'm gonna send you every single check all of January, February, March, April, May, June, all the way through December so that you guys have that cash sitting on hand. 619-884-0045 or james at csfirst.com for more information. And of course, February 13th, I'm gonna be speaking at an event called Resolution 2020. Kobe Gibson, Cody Gibson is gonna be there. <laughs> it's gonna be a premier <laughs> speaker. You're gonna get 90 minutes of NLP. That's neuro linguistic programming. You know, made famous by Tony Robbins himself, and a top panel of producing real estate agents. I'll be moderating that top panel. So I want you guys to come check it out. February 13th. It's thirty dollars at the door. There's a promo code if you use Boss 2020. We're gonna drop the link in the show notes and. Make sure to get your tickets as soon as possible. Okay, we'll see you guys there. All right, ready, Viviana? I'm ready. First of all, I want to give you a surfboard. It is a bottle opener. (laughs) Branded with pipeline insurance stuff. So that way, when you have your next drink, you'll have a surfboard ready to go to pop that thing open. Crack it open on us. And I'll think of pipeline insurance. There you go, there you go. Cheap plug, see? 
That's how we do it. <laughs> there it is. So tell me a little bit about yourself, Viviana. What drove you to this mad industry of becoming an attorney? What was that decision like? The decision uh, probably started in college uh, early on. Um, I took a little bit of a diversion in between, but eventually got to where I wanted to get to. Um, I ended up getting my MBA along the way in finance, and then eventually I went to law school and what? did what I wanted to do. Dude, you yeah, are one is highly rad. educated, smart individual. Thanks. MBA, MBA in finance. Yeah, wow. That's, that's pretty good. So what did you do before becoming an attorney? I was an investment advisor. I worked up in uh, the Inland Empire with a small consulting firm. And I, you know, I did uh, the financial side of estate planning. And I worked with um, people who had small businesses and, um, you know, people who were planning for their financials their lives and so when i went into law like it kind of felt natural to go on the legal Continue side on that yeah same process yeah why 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 an attorney though like i mean of, of all the things you could have done you could have stayed in the financial sector you had your mba like why law why law law gives you a certain it gives you a, a certain um, path that you wouldn't otherwise have like doors kind of tend to open up a prestige, maybe? Maybe a prestige, um, but I would say more like a, yeah, probably a prestige, but more like a legitimacy to a certain extent. Mm. You know, there's a lot of financial advisors out there and we're, you know, they're all trying to make a difference as well. But when you have an attorney on your side who can kind of see all areas of your financial planning and all of that, it's, it's a little bit easier to get in the door with people. They trust you more as a counselor that way. Yeah, I mean, I trust you more just because you have those, you know, those letters in your name, right? I mean, those those, those insignia at the end, making sure that you're, you're it's, it's, I don't know, like, it's more legit, I guess. Like, it's it's almost like the same financial plan. If I went with the CFP, you might offer me the same products a certified financial planner would, but you're, you're at a higher caliber. It's like a tax professional and a CPA, right? Like, yeah. there's, there's a different kind of level. And I can also... Um I can also produce all the legal documents that your CFP and your CPA can't, you know? Mm. And I see all aspects of it, you know, from the moment I was 16 all the way until now, I've been involved in the insurance sector. I've been involved in the financial sector. I've been involved as an investment advisor. So when I sit down with my clients, it's like I can see all of these angles that like just like a straight law type of person wouldn't see you know because i've been exposed to all of them i know you know your pnc you need to have i know your life insurances and what they can do for you i know how i mean i understand the finances i know what your portfolio should probably look like yeah yeah, yeah. and I and i built them <laughs> and i understand it when people bring it in front of me and i'm doing their financial planning uh, as far as their estate plans like i understand the things i know the difference between you know, like a 403B and a 457, all of that. Ooh. And as an attorney, that totally makes it, you need to know, you know, what's going to be more valuable when you're, you know, planning your estate plan. So tell me a little bit about you as an individual. What was it like going to law school? Um, it was really grueling. It's really hard to even be an attorney as, you know, a female Latina because only about 2% of all attorneys in the country are female Latinas. So you know, it, and it's already a really hard um, profession to break into because, you know, it's predominantly white and it's really hard to get in. And then they have all of these loopholes you have to get through. You know, it's like the LSAT and which is 
Which is, what, what is that? What is that? It's an animal in and of itself. Like, I struggled with it a lot. I took it probably, like, five times, and those damn logic games really got to me every time, you know? It's like a clown is in line with four other clowns behind him. One's wearing red shoes, one's wearing black shoes, and... And you like know, puzzle games? Like- yes, it really is that way. And for me, it was like, I was always, like, thrown off, and then, I mean... What are, what are they trying to assess there? Like they're trying to assess if you could like logically break down things, and and it really is puzzle game, like puzzles. It's you know apples and clowns and cars lined up, and it, so it has absolutely nothing to do with law. But it is one of those loopholes you have to get through. That's before you get into law school, and then when you get there, then that's its own animal. So just signing up for law school isn't like just step one. Like you can't just say, I'm going to be a lawyer, just go to law school. Like there's preemptive things, pre, uh, pre-quals or pre, uh, yeah. prerequisites that you need to have. Yeah, you have to have certain prerequisites. You have to have, of course, your bachelor's or, you know, some kind of alternative. I mean, there's alternative paths, but for the most part, for anyone like me, you have to have a bachelor's degree, you have to get high LSATs, um, and you have to write an amazing essay that will make you differentiate you so this chick a latina of all things decides she's gonna break into this industry of attorneys and so you just decide out of the blue like okay you have the guts to do this or how did you get in the mindset to do that getting to the mindset um well it it was a long process for me most people you know they get out of their bachelor's degree they take the LSAT and they're like woohoo I did amazing and then they go to law school like for me it was really hard to do the LSAT so you know you're only allowed to take it a certain amount of time so I took it like three times and it was like oh now you have to wait three years before you can take it again so I did it several times I, I mean I'm not ashamed but I persisted through it I was like you know what in the meantime let me get an MBA in finance let me become an investment advisor let me have a baby and then you know keep going damn you you took life by the balls basically and yeah. you still kept going with it yeah i love taking life by the balls I, I feel like anytime i'm not moving or doing making another move like i'm standing still and that feels like it drowns me i'm like so mo- like i'm always like what's next what's next it's my brain just doesn't stop sometimes. all right so so the the law school took a, a little three-year hiatus but then you got back into the saddle right so now you're in law school and what was law school like and then getting ready for the bar yeah, law school is torture. They do not care if you have anything going on in your life. They just need you to perform. And at least for where, where I went to law school, they automatically cut the bottom 20%. So you have to work your ass off to make sure that you're not part of that bottom 20% because it's all graded on a curve. Like if you have 100 people there, then they will dump the bottom 20 or 25, depending on what they're doing. So you just have to like sink or swim like stay at the top of the game yeah that's tough and it was insane for me because i started law school and then that next week my dad died so then i took a plane flew to texas you know did the whole burying our father grieving but i also knew that you know they don't care like yeah, it doesn't matter. It like, doesn't matter. They're like, you can, tough. You, can, you can reschedule and come yeah. back another time. And that's what they told me. They told me, you know what? You should probably take the semester off. And I'm like, no, I can do this. I can do this. And I I pretty much read my case law on the, on the airplane on the way back. And then I landed in Long Beach. I, somebody met me there with the car. I drove down to San Diego. I walked into class. And I had actually already told my professor that I was going to be late because I was coming home from my father's funeral. And he was nice about it even though he was like the most 
cruel professor. He was nice about it. And everybody knew you could not walk late into his class. So when I walked in, everybody stared at me and they're like, oh, what are they going to tell her? What is he going <laughs> to say? Is he going to is he going to chew her ass out? But I, I just walked in quietly and I sat down. Everybody stared like everybody's in awe why he didn't chew my ass out. But you know, there's nice people along the way, but they do have their standards. They, you're only allowed to miss whatever amount of times. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if, you know, your house burned down or your child died or your parents died. They're just like, okay, take a break, get out of school, come back. So it's true what they say, right? Attorneys are like vampires, right? They're, they're, they're really getting on you over here. Is that yeah. the culture that, 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 that exists? Yeah, it is a culture. I think, I mean, if you read the history of it, they tell, it was one of the, reasons why they had so many like loopholes that you had to jump through was because you know they were trying to keep it like lawyers had to be like they were like the elite white so Mm. so then it's like anything like when you're gonna go to college and you take the sats and it's like you don't have the same exposure to language as an hispanic as you would like other kids so you go in there and you have to know all these you know all this, these words that you've never been exposed to because your parents speak not Spanish. Not part of your culture, yeah. Not part of your culture. Your parents speak Spanish and all they really tell you, you know, like what go you... Go to school, yeah. Go to school, you know. Get, get and they and, and Get an education, if that, because I, I mean, my parents weren't big on pushing me in education. That was just something that I kind of had in my brain since I was small. But, you know, so it, it's the culture. The culture puts barriers for us in that we're not exposed to how we're going to organize our lives or the language or you know just learning a bunch of vocab that you normally wouldn't know all right so law school's tough it's grueling yeah but that's not the end of it you finish law school and then you got to take the bar exam yeah what's the, you know what what's the mindset preparation for that like how, how do you you've already feel like You've been through hell, and now you got this other, you know, master. <laughs> like, you know, I, I'm thinking of a video game. Like, now you got this boss right in front of you that you got yeah. to conquer. In California, especially because, you know, uh, most people have to take it two, three, four times before they pass it. So I, for one, knew what I was getting into from the beginning. I always, like, visualized, like, passing it the first time. Like, in my head from the moment I started law school, you know, I visualized logging into my computer and pushing, putting whatever numbers need to go in there and seeing you passed the first time and I was going to be able to brag and be like, hell yeah, I passed on the first try. And yes, that's that was me, you know? And and actually because of my LSAT scores, uh, a lot of my advisors were, they didn't think that I would pass the bar at all. At all? At like, all. Not even, not it like, was like you, you retake it or anything? Just no, at all. It, it was like, you're not likely to pass it on the first try if you, if at all. And, and I was like, oh, fucking watch me (laughs) you know and and i have two kids so i was like i planned every single thing that i had to do around it how crazy were you with planning like is it like meticulous planning or just kind of like i'm gonna kind of schedule out a little block in my day or like no i was up at 4 a.m and i was going till midnight one o'clock sometimes and i was sleeping three four hours and i was up and i was going and i barely slept but I had, you know, from the moment I knew I was going to take the bar, I had everything planned out strategically. I had my calendaring done on Excel. I knew exactly what I was going to be doing. I had I had a suitcase full of, you know, B12. It's like keep vitamin me, B12. B12 to keep me focused. I had, I, I think I bought these like brain vitamins that were supposed to like <laughs> make me smarter. I don't know. Psychological, who gives a fuck, right? Let's try it. And then I also had like... It was like flu season because you start studying in 
December. So it was like I had this bag full of like Dayquil, NyQuil, tissues, water, like the vitamin C so that if other people are like sick around you because everybody gets sick for the bar. Like you're stressed out. You're going through like the most stressed period of your life. So people start dropping like flies and getting sick. I even had a guy that was next to me who got sick and I strategically like put all of my books in between our desk <laughs> so that built a barrier <laughs> so that he he and I wouldn't be sitting like right next to each other so that I wouldn't get sick. I actually did end up getting the flu right before the bar. Of course, right? Of course. <laughs> Why would it be any different? I mean, right. Because you had the zombie survival kit with you at all times and yet you still got sick. Yeah, it was one you know life challenges you and you just have to learn to roll with the punches. And for me it was like well, what am I going to do? And I went out and bought all the, anything that would like numb whatever symptoms I had going on so that I could keep going. Because it was here. Because I was like, I'm going to pass the first try. That's right. And people would ask me, they're like, oh, you're, I feel like you're doing really well. You think you're going to pass? I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to pass. I was convinced, although most people don't pass on the first try. I think when I took the test, uh, about 25 to 30% of people overall passed the, the bar. So it's it's a hard bar. It's already a big accomplishment. Yeah. All right, so you pass the bar. You get to say probably my favorite words of all time, which are, I told you so. Right. <laughs> right? If, you, if you're a parent, right, you, those are kind of be your favorite words. Yeah. I told you so. But you get to come out and say that. Like, you passed the bar on your first shot. Yeah. That's definitely a big accomplishment for me, specifically because, you know, because everybody, they, they all look to numbers, like, yeah, yeah. oh, your LSAT's, like, right here. Oh, oh you're Latina. Po- pobrecita. Like, yeah. yeah. It's probably not going to work out. But boom, you give them the finger. You're like, look at what I did, right? Yeah. And you could have went and worked pretty much at a, at a law firm, but you didn't. You started your own thing. Why? Um, It was one of those things where it's like you pass the bar and then you realize what's in front of you, which is like, oh, you're going to go get a job. I felt bored for a moment. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to get a job. <laughs> but, when, you, when, it, when the thought crossed your mind? Yeah. And I was, and then I was like, wait, my life's never been that like stress-free. <laughs> no, the truth is, is like I have kind of a complex life with my kids. And I needed the flexibility. I couldn't afford to have the 40 to 60-hour weeks um, and like stuck in an office. I... You know, I have a I have a son with special needs. He has autism, so it's like I have to be running around bus, ABA, you know, speech therapy, that different things, and you know, I just have to be able to have a little bit of flexibility to actually like keep my life going. Other than you know, just because you're still a mom. Yeah, you're an attorney. You have your own business, but you're still a mom. Yep. That's I mean, that's in itself is a full time job. Yeah. Raising two kids. Boom. You dropped a bomb on me. <laughs> I like that. The time is 18 minutes and 18 seconds. Oh. We interrupt today's regularly scheduled number one podcast in San Diego for a purely selfish, completely irreverent, sell-out cash grab word from our sponsor. Hernan, what are we selling today? Tickets to Resolution 2020, ladies and gentlemen, February 13th. Uh, it's going to be in the Keller Williams office in East Lake. Nice little 200 
uh, person auditorium, so tickets will sell out. Make sure you guys grab them as soon as possible. You got Cody Gibson, main speaker. We got an NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming uh, presentation, 90 minutes, help you get a little bit stronger, mentally prepared for what you need to do to keep your resolutions going in 2020. And then we got a panel of top producing agents, which I have the honor of moderating. So that'll be on February 13th. Tickets are $30. Unless you want 10 bucks off, use promo code BOSS2020. Boom. Very nice. Very Simple, nice. quick, and easy. Because I want to get back to... And now, yeah. back to the number one podcast <laughs> in San Diego, the Business Bros Pod. All right, so you get you get, uh, you get get out of law school. You pass the bar on your first try. You get to give all these other naysayers the finger. And you get into your own thing, right? So you got your... your whoops. whoops. My bad. Was, was that like preparing for the end of the show? Yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> My bad. Oh, yeah. Or, or, oh, yeah. Got the tunes. Yeah. So you have to take care of your family, right? Family first, mom first. So you start your own thing. And earlier you told me about how like in this like lawyer culture, like that professor where you walk in, nobody can be late. Everybody looks at you, grabs that attention. Yeah. How much of things like that in your life play into the brand you created as an attorney? Um. Attorneyinheels.com was started um, because I, you know, I was building my own practice and I know that if you're not branding yourself, like nobody's going to remember you, especially as a solopreneur, solo attorney, um, you know, nobody's going to remember oropesa-law.com. So I mm -hmm. wanted to have something catchy and I wrote several things down and I just kind of, you know, I, I had closed a deal like several weeks before and I had posted like a face status update on my Facebook and it was like, Closing deals and heels, right? Yeah. Like, and then eventually it got to the point where I was like, I could be attorney in heels. And um, I had had a, tr a trademark class that I was like, well, I got to make sure nobody else is using it, right? So I did a little research and then I realized nobody's using it. I'm like, oh, what a surprise, you know? Right? Yeah, no attorneys, attorneys, attorneys are brand that way. Yeah. Attorneys do not brand themselves, you know, they have to be pretty, you know. Dude, there's a very hard stigma in that culture. There is, like, and I did get shit from people. Um, I have text messages of people who are like, what is that? Like, that is, you know, because for me, it was like a female empowering thing. It was like, yeah, I'm doing all the shit that other attorneys are doing, but I'm doing it in my heels. Yeah. I'm fucking running around, you know, from place to place, getting my kids on the phone, talking to clients, producing what I have to produce, you know, doing everything and in my heels. I so, kick ass in heels. Right. So for me, it was like attorneyinheels.com. So um, I I really, I rolled with it and I knew that it wasn't going to be easy because it's not, it's not, it, people don't tend to brand themselves. It's not as attorneys. It's very rare. Well, but let me ask you this. Like the public, I feel like it, like how many women out there are like, yes, that's my girl. That's who I'm going to call. I'm going to call that one right there, the attorney in heels versus, you know, like order best law. Like they're, they're yeah. not going to call that. So from the public's perspective, that's a great thing. We're conditioned to look at the brands. Like who are we going to associate with? The shit you're getting is not from the public. It's, it's from the inner circles. It's from the lawyers. Um, I've had comments from like, oh, that's kind of slutty to which of course I, I responded, oh, well, thank you, you know, <laughs> and from things like, well, that's not female empowering. And I'm like, well, who are you to decide what empowers me, you know, um, and just like, you know, comments like, oh, that sounds like a meme website or, you know, other things that have been said, but haters are going to hate, haters dude. are going to hate, 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 like Taylor <laughs> Swift says, right. Um, so I, I still run with it. I, I'm 
I'm going to carry it out full swing. Like, not only did I buy attorneyinheels.com, like, my vision is, like, attorneysinheels.com, mm-hmm. where it's, like, I want to have this firm full of all of these powerful, beautiful women who either they wear their heels or not. Who cares? Like, it's... Beautiful and confident, right? Confident strong, and smart. strong, smart, very knowledgeable women who help other people, you know, accomplish whatever their legal goals are, you know? Um it's i'm thinking bigger like it's not attorney it's gonna be attorneys and did you buy the s the plural i did yes (laughs) i did i actually i bought attorneys i bought lawyers in heels.com i haven't got lawyer in heels because you know somebody's fighting me for that one but okay okay but and and then i also um recently bought abogada and tacones and Yeah. Going the Spanish route. Yes, I bought <laughs> abogada en tacones and I bought abogadas en tacones. Nice. So it's you know it's there's a bigger vision behind it. I I think be, besides being like very knowledgeable female professionals, I see it as kind of like a PR move for whomever like hires us. We want to have like a certain aura to what we do. Not only being able to accomplish your legal goals or you know whatever it is that we're doing for you, um, but also it, to be able to carry that weight of like, yeah, attorneys and heels are my law firm. Like most people don't go around, like most business people don't go around saying like, oh yeah, you know, this is my law firm. Like they're like, oh yeah, Procopio is my law firm. Like, yeah, no. like I want people to want to say like, yeah, attorneys and heels are my law firm, you know? I can see that. I can see that too. Plus, I like the way you have the heel with the A. Like that's really catchy. Like you can stick that on a shirt, you know what I mean? Like that, like. The bulldog, right? That's yeah. cool. That's fun. That's branding. Yeah. I can totally see your heel with the A. Like, that's, that's yeah. an easy thing to brand and it looks fun. Like, women Christina, will- Christina Rounds totally believes in you and tells you you could totally have that, your vision. Uh, get it, girl. Yeah, um, that's right. I love Christina. She's one of my favorite people. She's like one of the girls in my tribe who is always cheering for me and I'm, I love her so much. But, um, yeah, so Dan from um, Bottle Fulkerson, he, he's also one of my cheerleaders. Like, I've talked to him several times. I've gone to his firm, and, you know, he's all about the branding, too. So he's he's incredibly supportive, you know, when I first came to him. And we were talking about, like, what my brand was. He's like, girl, you know, I he's like, I see it. I see it. Like, I see your vision. And he's like, I, I get it. A lot of, you know, a lot of people don't get it, but I see it. Like, I can, because he has that same vision, you know? So, yeah, yeah. So, and that's, that's huge because I mean, you know, and I I tell this to my 17 year old kids, like I make them journal, even though it's a math class, I make them journal every day because I want them to get their thoughts, their ideas on paper so that when they go home, they, they, they might have this idea in their head and they go home and what do they do? They tell the person they love the most, mom, dad, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it is. And that person doesn't have the same vision they do. Right. So out of love, they try to protect you and they tell you things like, that's not going to work. You shouldn't do that. Right. And they kill your dream before it even has a chance to live, you know, like, and right now you have this vision and there's people in this world in your circle that can't see past what they do on a daily basis. They can't see past their own desk. They don't understand what you're trying to build. And so they're going to knock you down. They're going to always be those haters in that sense. Dan, on the other hand, he sees exactly what you're going for. You're going to have those people in your life who are always going to be able to see the vision that you have, that see the passion behind what you do, and they're going to be your biggest supporters. But you are going to have to deal with those people in the I meantime. Am, I am going to deal. But like any anybody, that you know, there's haters out there. And the, and it's not necessarily productive to listen. I mean, when people are giving you um, like productive feedback, it's important to listen because we don't know everything and mm-hmm. You know, 
if we close ourselves to listening to people, then we're never going to learn from other people and we can't always be right. But when it's just criticism, like unfounded criticism, like, oh, that sounds slutty or, you know, it's a meme site. It's, it's like, all right, well, what are you doing? Like, I wonder how much, see, and here's one of those questions. So if an attorney tells another attorney, by the way, that sounds slutty, isn't that sexual harassment? Like, who does an attorney go to for that? Um, well, it's not, it's not necessarily sexual harassment, but it does piss you off, right? Hell yeah, it would. So you would think like, oh, you, let me, yeah. let me sue you, right? It's 2020, <laughs> enough with the slut shaming. Enough yeah. with the slut shaming, you know, and... And yes, you know, I, I get those comments often because the way I carry myself, like I'm very personable. I love talking to people. When I, when I network, I go and I work the room and I talk to people and I smile, you know, and, and I flirt a little bit. Um, it's just part of who I am, you know? So I, I mean, I, I'm trying to bring my whole self to what I'm doing. Yeah. And that's something that I have committed to, to doing from the beginning because, you know, um, when I've talked to like people in my circle, it's always been like, you know, if I was in a law firm, like, I have to be this person. Like, I have to be this, like... You have to represent their brand. I have to represent their brand. I have to be conservative, you know? I can't go out and sit on a podcast and throw F-bombs like I'm doing today, you yeah. know? I can't be like, fuck you, you know? I'm doing what I'm doing. And I could do it now because I'm, I'm running my own thing. And and um, so it's, like, all about bringing my full self to it. Like, obviously, I'm not doing this to offend anyone. I'm not you know, being attorney in heels to, like, bring down the legal profession. Yeah, like like no, some people say, I'm doing it because I am who I am and I am attorney in heels and I feel passionate about it and it's this who I am and I'm running with it. All right, speaking of that freedom to do what you want, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Tinder. So tell me a little bit about that post. It's, it's, it's kind of trendy, right? What, what did you... Uh, what were you thinking and how did you come up with your post? Well, I saw, I actually saw the one that Dolly Parton did, um, Ariana Huffington, Huffington Post, I'm mm -hmm. sure you've heard. She posted her version on LinkedIn. And when I saw it, I was like, ooh, this is cool. So I went back and I saw Dolly Parton and how she had done her little like four pictures of like what each, each one of the social medias, like how you could be all things at once, right? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I am everything, right? So I immediately like went to my laptop and I was like, ooh, let's find a good Tinder picture, right? <laughs> we always start with the Tinder picture. Hell yeah, I'm like, I want, I, because the Tinder picture has to be like sexy and appealing, right? And then the one Dolly Parton had, she's like in like her Playboy bunny suit and she's like hunched over yeah. and her ass is sticking out and she looks amazing in it. So I was like, I have to get a good one. So of course I started with the Tinder and then I kind of started like, I have like the tie photos. Of course, I'm always rocking my heels, even in the tie photos. But I had like a tie photo that I, uh, a suit and tie that I used for some of my LinkedIn stuff. And then I just kind of worked in the Facebook and stuff and I posted it. And I, you know, and I did get some people were like, hey, like, are you really on Tinder? <laughs> They're trying to lick you up. <laughs> and I'm like, no. So, uh, <laughs> get no. out of my DMs. Get out of my DMs. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not on Tinder. Um, I am not on Tinder. But, you know, I was just, it was like all marketing, you know, you play into whatever trends going on. And it's always, and it was Friday. I was like, fun Friday. Like, mm -hmm. let's do a little Dolly Parton challenge. So I ran <laughs> with it and it was fun, you know. Dude, that was that was uh I, I haven't actually seen it. Oh, you haven't. To be fair, no. I wanted you to describe it because James saw it over there on the laptop, right? He he was describing. He's like, dude, that one's dope. 
Well, there was there was two. Uh, one was the one that you were describing, where you uh, took the a picture from your laptop, and then the other one that I was laughing at was it was just all feet. Oh yeah, so I wanted to do like an attorney in heels version of, of it. So then I did like the what 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 shoes what heels would I wear on LinkedIn? It was like one pair of shoes, and then Facebook another pair of shoes, and then of course Instagram and Tinder. But for Tinder, I went I I bear I you know I bared it all. Yeah, I, I went nude. Showed all those toes. I, I went nude <laughs> on my feet and I showed my toes, which is funny because I actually hadn't showed my toes this entire time. I I wear a lot of closed toe heels because you know they're sometimes more they're comfortable. more comfortable to run in, you know. And then sometimes run in heels. Yes, well my life's <laughs> a little crazy, so I wore a lot of closed toe heels. And actually, I had people in my messenger who had been sending me messages like, "Hey, how come you never wear open toe shoes?" Like. They're, now they're questioning. They're Anna, like, Anna Maruka says, so hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, girl. <laughs> That's funny. Um, every time people post stuff about, you know, their shoes, whatever, especially when it's a woman, you start to wonder, like, what's going on under there? Is like, is and you, you, your toes all jacked up or what? what That's is it, funny. What? I, I did have a, I did have a guy friend was like, well, why don't you want to show your toes? And I'm like, it's not because I have ugly toes. I'm like, I just. <laughs> hasn't 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 happened right i do have open toe heels but sometimes they're, they hurt a lot is so. your closet like full of heels actually no i actually i have i'm gonna say i have 20 pairs i i'm not like i've seen people who have like obsessive there's an, yeah, there's, there's closets there. i usually have like my go-to pair of heels which are like black heels and what tends to happen is like I have like two or three pairs that I wear a lot and then they wear out and I throw those in the trash and then I just get another pair. And then when you have like the occasional like special occasion, you get like the sparkly heels and mm. the open toe and the sandals. And I even have like an orange pair of heels. Um, I bought a green pair of heels because, of course, you know, um, St. Patrick's Day is coming yeah, up. So yeah. I'm like, so I got to get ready for more. I mean, you're already in green. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, it just what, depends on what's coming up. Sometimes I'll buy a pair of heels specifically for the occasion if I'm doing a networking event and I'm getting like a new outfit. But I'm not like obsessive. Like I I don't even have the space for it, even if I wanted to. But yeah, well, raising kids, it gets a little tough. Tell me what you do to like blow off steam. Like what, what's what, what do you do on a regular basis when you're overstressed? Um Maybe, you know, the kid's life, being a mother gets tough. I know my wife, you know, gets some point where she just got to go hang out with the girls. Like, what's it like at your level when you're just like that teapot ready to like, what do you do to blow off that steam? Uh, Usually go for a run. Uh, That for me, that's very freeing, you know. I get my best ideas when I'm running. So it usually it's like I run, I clear my head, I put on like a song that really pumps me up, you know. Or if I'm angry, like a really angry song, like, you know, fuck you. or Limp like Biscuit. Yeah. I, like, I got some Limp Biscuit. Yeah. Or something that, yeah. that helps me blow off steam. Okay. Some Metallica too. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I know. <laughs> give me fuel. Give me fire. There you go. That's better. Okay. There you go. See, yeah. You know or Nirvana. Something, you know, depends on what I'm doing. Every time I put on Nirvana, it reminds me, I played Nirvana in my headphones while I was running this like mergers and acquisitions paper in law school. So every time I hear it now, it's like, I think back to like mergers and acquisitions. That's so funny. Like that's, that's the cool thing about music is you have an emotional attachment to it. Like something happened at some point in your life and like that emotion sticks to it. Yeah. That's for like the wife and I, it's, it's like Pitbull, like Pitbull's come to town. I don't know how many times and we've been at that concert. I don't know how many times. And, uh, except, you know, there's, there's times where 
you know, I had too much fun and I didn't make it to see Pitbull. And so, like, ever since then, like, <laughs> it's one of those things that, like, it's stuck. Like, anytime I hear fireball, I'm like, no, not fireball. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've had my, uh, you know, fair share of fights with tequila. You know, <laughs> he and I haven't been friends for a while, that, depending on what I'm doing. That's funny. It's it's because of Jose that James is even married. It's <laughs> a fact. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's an off-air uh, yeah, story. An off-air story. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, but his, his but Jose Cuervo is my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So so uh, I'm not gonna tell the full details, but uh, I was gonna do her taxes, and her payment to me was gonna be a tequila bottle. Okay. And the next morning, I went to see it, and the tequila bottle was empty, and I was like, oh, okay, well, my payment is gone. <laughs> well, then I inherited a, a sister-in-law, so it worked out. <laughs> nice. Sister cousin in law. Sister cousin in law. That's a whole different story. <laughs> oh, man. I definitely oh, want to hear boy, that. Oh, boy. All right, all right, all right. Before we get into more drama. Okay, so um, uh, we're going to move into our segment of Ask the Bros. All right, so while you think of a question to ask us, James okay. or myself, personal or business, I'm going to remind our audience Resolution 2020, ladies and gentlemen, is on February 13th. I want you guys to come check it out. Learn a little something. Cody Gibson is going to be our main speaker. We got NLP uh, training. We got a top panel of producing uh, top producing agent panel got to get my p's right which i will be moderating and i'd love to see you guys there the links in the show notes 30 dollars. use boss 2020 as your promo code to get an extra 10 bucks off we are in the insurance business ladies and gents 619-884-0045 or james at csfirst.com pipeline insurance is here to help you grow your wealth today or sorry create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow you got it you got Boom. it all right Let's do this. All right. You ready? Yeah. Go. So you guys brought me on here. Obviously, it's giving me some exposure, and you guys provide a service to the community for people you bring in. Like, obviously, this is a help. So what can I do for you? Oh, man. That's always a fun question, huh? Well, for us, it's it's pretty simple. Um, we would like to write all the insurance business that you come across that you were not going to write. So whether it's PNC or life or whatever you need help with for your clients. Okay. We love to be the, uh, the go-to. All right. I can do that. Boom. It's pretty, pretty easy, simple. Huh? Yeah. Pretty simple. That's a good one. Yeah. What, what was the question that got asked at the, at the fuck up night the other day that like stumped me? It was like, what question, what question do you wish people would ask? What question do you wish people would ask? You were so like, huh, that's that's a good question. <laughs> question about a question. A question about a question. That's what I thought about your question. <laughs> what can I help you with? A question about a question. Huh. How do you answer a question with a question? Hmm. I question it. That's what I do. Hmm. <laughs> Didn't. I know. Pun. Dad jokes. Whoa. See, when you get Whoa. my age, when you get my age, that's all that that's all that comes out is dad jokes. talking about? I am your age. Oh, yeah. That's true. You are uh, my age. I, I, I make dad jokes every once in a while, but. You're not even a dad. I know. It's the worst part about it. Or best part about it. Do do, do moms make dad jokes? Ooh. Well, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of more of a dirty joke person, but. Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, I let. I don't really tell jokes. My daughter's always telling me her little like kid jokes. And you're like, ha ha ha. Like, oh, it's so sweet, honey. It's so cool. <laughs> that was that was a good try. And, so, that's that's what you guys both looked and, at me like. Oh, that was a good good effort. Good effort. A for effort. <laughs> a for effort. Yeah. And my daughter tries to make up her own. Like she's always trying to. But they always start with the punchline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I wanted to say thank you for coming on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Of course. Before and, you go. And before you go, 
Yeah, I want you to look at this camera right here. Ignore that. You're still on camera. So go ahead and uh, tell people how to get hold of you. So I can be reached at attorneyandheels.com. Um, I, there's a button on there that you can schedule an appointment with me if you want to chat about your business or estate planning. And I also, my phone number is 619-836-0505. Super cool. I'm looking forward to watching your brand grow. I think it's going to be one of those uh, one of those things that we're living in an age of like woman empowerment, like everything from yes. Jasmine getting extra, you know, women empowerment in Aladdin yeah. to like those superhero scenes in the Avengers movies. Mm-hmm. Like it's, yeah. it's it's the era of women power like that. Went to watch Little Women last night. How was it? Full of little women. <laughs> you gotta read the book. <laughs> you gotta read the book. No, I just watched the movie. I just, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but but, but no, no. It was a lot of you know those feminine undertones. Yeah, and, you know we got Black Widow coming out here soon. Yes. Like a lot yeah. of women empowerment. Like I, I feel like um, the culture of you know that exists in your circle is being broken down brick by brick, and by people like you who come out here and, and yeah. you know take a foot and say, look, this is me bitch like it or not right and you know women have had it hard for a while so kind of a and while. it still yeah. is uh still you know tough. for a long time you know we we were like our husband's property and mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. i just finished reading pride and prejudice and i'm just like oh so uh, angry you give you <laughs> so i feel I'm sorry so for you, your husband now you're gonna come home why are you mad at me because i read this book <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's funny because you know you, you're grateful for where you are but mm-hmm. then you can see like where it can go so. Yeah, yeah, and you are going places, madam. I love the way I love what you're doing. Keep it up, uh, and uh, I know we're gonna see each other a little more and more. Uh, you're part of the Business Bros family now. Yeah, thanks. Awesome. All right, ladies and gents. So, if you guys need an estate planning, make sure you go to attorneyinheels.com. And later, when she adds more, we're gonna go to attorneysinheels.com. Yeah. Well, actually, if you put it in, it takes you to the same place. Right so now. there you go, plural or not plural, attorneyinheels.com. That's, right. That's all we got for you guys today. Peace. Bye bye. And I'm out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you interested in being on the show? Are you looking to sell your home or have a business that needs insurance? Reach out to the Business Bros via email businessbros at cusfirst.com right now or click on the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening. And remember to subscribe and share the podcast with the business professionals who you think would benefit from the show.